Thanks so much, Jeremy. Thank you for uh, doing the announcements. Awesome job today, man. And uh, good morning, everybody. So you may have noticed uh, Pastor Jeff, he's away this morning. Glad that he's able to uh, get away for a little bit. He'll be back um, in the office tomorrow. And also Pastor Paul, our youth pastor, he's with family this weekend in Ohio. So again, just really thankful that um, we have a staff that's able to, you know, get away and do different things like that and be able to uh, spend time with family. So again, thank you, Jeremy, for filling in. Thank you, worship team. Awesome job this morning. And so uh, my name's Pastor Matt. Yeah, one of the pastors here. And my family's Italian. If you didn't know that about me, my family's Italian. Um, and, you know, so I love all our great Italian food. And my great aunt and great uncle, they lived in Kearney, New Jersey. And like a lot of the old school Italians, they lived downstairs in the basement of their home. <laughs> and I didn't know that was like a thing until I was talking to Phil Calise one time. He was like, yeah, that's the old school Italians. They, they lived in the basement. You'd go into their house and, and everything was untouched. You know, so you walk in. This is a picture that reminds me so much of what it was like to walk into her house you walked in, and the number one thing was the plastic on the couch. <laughs> like, that was just weird to me. And, you know, the wallpaper and everything. Uh, there were these little statues of Laurel and Hardy, like these old-time comedians. Like, I didn't even know who they were as a kid. They were just there, these statues of people. And there were pictures of family members. But there was also pictures of, like, Catholic iconography, you know, lots of pictures of Jesus and there was like a couple bedrooms and the beds were perfectly made and there was a picture of Christ over the bed. It was like, you know, for me as a child, it was a little weird. I was like, okay, it wasn't what I was used to. And you would walk through the hallway and you'd walk through the kitchen and you'd go down these, this tight little staircase. The, the plumbing was coming out of the wall. You go down the stairs and now you're in the basement and the wallpaper's falling off. The laundry's hanging out to dry. You know, it's a mess down there. But that's where the life was at, and that's where the food was at. And my great aunt Annie, she was actually, she made, of course, great Italian food, but she was famous for, in our family, for her chicken soup. That was what she was famous for, chicken soup. I can still taste it in my mouth. I can think of what it was like. And she, apparently, she said the secret was you have to boil the water for two hours first with nothing in it. She said, that's the secret to why it was so good. Two hours, boil the water. So, you know, that's a little window into my family. And I'm going to talk about why I brought that up in just a second. But we've been in this series called Advance, talking about advancing in our walk with God, advancing our spiritual life, moving it to the next level. If you want to grow in your walk with God, uh, we've talked about ways to advance. And so you can go back and listen to previous weeks, talk about uh, Bible reading, worship. We had a, a missionary, Mark Gardner, come and share about worship. Last week was about fasting, and uh, that was a great message. It was also, Pastor Jeff said, it was a lot more kind of like teaching in that way because it's not something we hear about all the time. And so today we're going to talk about prayer, and today it does have more of that teaching element today, uh, kind of talking about different ways to pray and, and some misconceptions about prayer. I'm going to kind of take it from that angle. But I bring this up about my family because I think when it comes to prayer, many of us feel like we're standing in this living room in Kearney, New Jersey. We're so glad that we're invited into God's family we're glad that we're in God's house, but it feels kind of boring or unexciting, uncomfortable even. 
And I think for so many of us, that's what prayer can be like. I know for me, that's how it's felt for a long time. And so I think the reason prayer feels that way is because we haven't moved beyond the entrance way when it comes to this discipline. We're standing in this living room. We're glad to be part of God's family. We're just kind of wondering, man, is there any more life or warmth to this place? And the answer is yes, there is. There's a basement downstairs with some delicious chicken soup. And prayer is the way that you get there. Prayer is the way that you experience this life with God. And so that's what I want to talk to you about today. This is um, not uh, some kind of all-inclusive message about every way you can pray or anything like that. Today's message is about how to connect with God. That's really what it's all about. And so if you're here today and you just want to connect with God, I think you're going to find this helpful today. If you're here and you're a new Christian, maybe you were baptized recently, man, I really think that this is going to be helpful for you. And if you've been a Christian for a long time, if you want to get closer to God, if you want to connect to God, I think this will still be helpful for you today, no matter who you are in the room. And so again, I think prayer sometimes, uh, you know, for me, it's felt like a chore. Sometimes I'm somebody who I like reading the Bible, I like studying the Bible, and I like doing things for God. But prayer, I always thought was something you just kind of like had to do. And it was like, whatever. Or uh, I was always asking, you know, was it long enough? Did I pray for long enough? Did that really count? Plus, like, I'm a pastor at a church. So, you know, what's the minimum amount of minutes you should be in prayer? I don't know. So I would be kind of measuring, timing myself. And plus, you know, you get distracted, right? I mean, so many people have said that to me. You know, Pastor Matt, how do you stay stay focused in prayer? You know, maybe you get 30 seconds, 60 seconds of, okay, you're talking, all right, God, and and then, you know, what do you, what do you say? You start thinking about other things. You start thinking about, you know, somebody you got a text back or a meeting you have coming up or chicken soup, you know. And, and you say, how do I stay focused? So, you know, again, I think today's message is more teaching because in our Christian circles, a lot of times we talk about having a personal relationship with God, a personal relationship with Jesus. But we don't always talk about what that looks like or how to do that. And so again, that's what kind of uh, we're talking about today. And so this sermon, I want it to focus on some practical ways of how to pray. I'm going to give you four different ways that you can pray. But before I give you four different ways to pray, I want to go over two truths about prayer or kind of debunk two misconceptions about prayer that I think will kind of help us give us a mental adjustment. And then at the end, I want us to pray. I want us to pray together and have a few minutes to to connect with God in prayer. Does that sound good to you? Does that sound good? We'll take a few minutes this morning. We made it all the way to church, right? So we might as well connect with God today. All right, and so what we're going to do, we're going to look at the words of Jesus. And if you have a Bible, you can open it up to Matthew chapter 6. That's going to be the main passage that we're in today. We'll hit a few other passages, though. And it's interesting, when you study uh, the Gospels, you look at Jesus' life, he empowers his disciples to do some pretty incredible things. They preach and they spread the gospel. They cast out demons. They do miracles. That's pretty amazing. But it's interesting, the disciples, at least in the text, they never ask Jesus, hey Jesus, how do you cast out a demon? How do you do a miracle? Instead, they say to Jesus, Lord, teach us to pray. They noticed the way that Jesus prayed, the way that Jesus related to God, 
And it was so different to them and so compelling to them. I said, Jesus, teach us. How do you pray? How should we pray? And we get to see what Jesus' answer is. In Matthew chapter 6, it's part of the Sermon on the Mount. This is a picture of the mountain where possibly Jesus gave the sermon. If you go on that Israel trip we're going in February, we're going to get to go here. It's pretty cool. And I love what missionary Mark Gardner uh, brought up in uh, the worship um, message two weeks ago. Talked about if you read the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus went up to the mountain and continued to teach. And so it was the disciples that went up to listen to him who got to hear his amazing words on how to connect and how to relate to God. And that's what we get to do this morning as we read the words of Jesus. So Jesus gives some instructions on prayer. Matthew chapter 6, verse 5 and 6. Before he tells them how to pray, he gives them instructions and he says, When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogue where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, that's the reward. That's all the reward they'll ever get. But when you pray, go away by yourself. Shut the door behind you and pray to your Father in private. Then your Father who sees everything will reward you. And so when it comes to some misconceptions about prayer, some truths about prayer, the first one is connect versus communicate. Connect versus communicate. How do we advance in our walk with God when it comes to prayer? Connect versus communicate. Now, most of my life, uh, I grew up going to church, so... You know, I've been, I've been around church and stuff like this most of my life, and I've always heard prayer described as communication with God. And it absolutely is that, 100%. I mean, it's basically like you've got a direct line to God. It's pretty cool. It's like you're texting God. It's like a telephone, a conversation, a voice chat with God Almighty himself. Absolutely, that's what prayer is. It's communication with God. But if you want to advance and grow closer to God, You'll see that prayer is more than just communication, it's connecting. Or another word would be communing with God. Prayer is about communing with God, connecting with God, not just communicating with God. And it makes sense. I mean, Jesus, that's his instructions. Hey, don't pray out loud publicly for everyone to see. Man, you're wearing it like a badge of honor. Look how good I am at praying. Look how spiritual I am. He says, good, well, that's your reward then. But if you want to connect with God, right, do it by yourself in private, secret. Look what he says in verse 9 as he goes down. He gives them an example of how to pray. It's called the Lord's Prayer, and and we're going to come back to this. But the first line, he says, our Father in heaven. Our Father, and we were just singing, you're a good, good Father. Jesus instructs us, hey, you don't approach God like he's a taskmaster, You don't approach God like he's a vending machine. You approach God like a loving parent, like a father, a relationship. Prayer is a chance to connect with God. In fact, in Luke chapter 11, uh, when, when the disciples said, Jesus teaches to pray and he goes over the Lord's prayer, as soon as he's done with that, he tells a story. I mean, come on. He's like, if you're a father, right, or you're a parent, your children ask you for a fish, are you going to give them a snake? No. If your, children, if your child asks for an egg, are you going to give them a scorpion? No, of course not. If you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father 
give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. And so he's saying, man, prayer is not a way to manipulate God. It's not a way to get what you want. Oh, your father will reward you. Oh, so I'll get it. I'll get it like a vending machine. I put in 25 minutes of prayer and I get a can of Coke. Like, no. No, it's, he's your father that you relate to. Prayer is the connection point between us and God. And of course, connect versus communicate. This is true in any relationship. Any relationship you have, whether you're married, you have a spouse, or you're engaged, a boyfriend or a girlfriend, or you're talking to somebody, you know, a brother, a sister, a friend, anybody in your life, you're going to communicate. You have to communicate. That's part of your relationship. But your deep and meaningful relationships are more than just communication. It's about connecting. And one just really good example for me, recent example, is uh, this is a picture of me and two of my college friends. We, I, I recently flew out to Ohio where Pastor Paul is from. Pastor Paul's from Ohio. But my, uh, one of my friends lives there, and we decided to meet up together there's that new Lord of the Rings show on Amazon Prime. It's called Rings of Power. And uh, my friends and I, were big Lord of the Rings fans. Uh, some of you guys know that. Some of my posts, well, just by the way, side comments, some of my Lord of the Rings posts online have gone viral, international. So if you have any questions about Lord of the Rings, you could ask me. But anyway, so back to, back to you know, what's important. So we decided to meet up because uh, you know, we, we wanted to experience the show together. And when we talk about connecting versus communicating... I was already in communication with them. I mean, I text them. I text, hey, you guys excited about the show? Oh my gosh, what do you think's going to happen? We've been communicating. But we wanted to do more than just communicate. We wanted to experience the show together. We wanted to connect about the show. And so that's what we did. I flew all the way out there for one night. We watched the premiere and I flew back and I have zero regrets. It was so much fun. I'm so glad that we got to do that. And so it's the same thing when it comes to our prayer life. If we want to advance in our walk with God, prayer is more than communication. It's about connecting with God. And here's the next one. So connect versus communicate. The second one is this, filled versus emptied. If we want to advance in our walk with God, we want to be filled versus emptied in prayer. So again, if you look at Jesus' words in Matthew chapter 6, he says, when you pray, right, uh, go away by yourself, shut the door, talk to God in secret and private. When you pray, don't babble on and on as the Gentiles do. They think that their prayers are, mere, are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them, for your Father knows exactly what you need even before you ask Him. So prayer being filled or being emptied, prayer is not simply about emptying ourselves. You know, that would be like popular spirituality, maybe self-help stuff, and um, that's not wrong, you know, to empty yourself, to replace your negative thoughts. That's a lot of stuff that we, we hear today. And, and, you know, that's good. Don't think about the things that stress you out. Take some mental health. Take some you time. Definitely. I mean, those things can be beneficial. And I think Scripture even talks about that. Cast your cares on God. Give your burdens to Christ. So, yes, empty yourself of, of, of your stress, of your anxiety, that's true. But empty cups, you're just an empty cup. Empty cups are all empty the same way. What you decide to fill yourself with, well, that can be different. That You could be filled with an infinite number of things. And prayer is about filling yourself with God. You don't have to be a Christian to replace your negative thoughts. You don't have to be a Christian to, to not think about what stresses you out. 
to try to empty yourself of your anxiety. That's like, you know, that's like personal meditation. That's fine, but you don't have to be a Christian. You don't have to believe in God. You don't need prayer to do that. Christian prayer is about filling yourself with God's presence, with God himself. Look what, how Paul describes it in one of his letters in Ephesians. He says, when I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ. Oh, it's too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. When we connect to God in prayer, it's about filling ourselves with the presence of God. And yeah, we get to say no to our anxiety. We get to tell God about our sin, our stress, but then he fills us with himself. This is a quote by Henry Nouwen. He says, to pray, I think, does not mean to think about God in contrast to thinking about other things or to spend time with God instead of spending time with other people. Rather, It means to think and live in the presence of God. So I think from looking at the words of Jesus, those are some things, I hope that that can help you, those mental shifts to make, that prayer, it's about connecting with God. It's about being filled with God. I think that's why so much of the time it can be boring, unexciting, we don't want to go, we don't want to spend that time with God, I just got to feel guilty, just got to empty myself, Uh, I just got to tell God everything. He already knows anyway. No, it's about that connection. It's about being filled. And so with that in mind, I want to give you four different ways to pray. Because this series, we've we've really tried to make this a practical series. The Bible week, we talked about translations and ways to read. You know, trying to really make it uh, some practical tools for you to go home with. So I want to give you four different ways you can pray. And that's why I'm saying, again, today's a little more teaching. I'm calling these prayer sparks. Because hopefully this sparks your prayer time. You know, I can't pray for you. Uh, The Bible can't pray for you. You know, you got to pray for you. And that's why we're going to take some time at the end of service today. You'll get an opportunity. You can pray for a couple minutes today. And you're going to get to try this out. But hopefully these are going to help you today. So let me go through them. Four different ways to pray. If you're taking notes, you know, they'll obviously be back on the screen. The first one is this, the ACTS prayer model, A-C-T-S, the ACTS prayer model. And when it comes to this, when we talk about the prayer model, this is something I heard about many years ago, and I use this um, often. Jesus, again, what does he say? Don't babble on and on as the Gentiles do, right? They think that their prayers are answered by repeating the same thing over and over again. So... My, uh, my dad, he has a garden. He has a tomato garden. He's had it, like, as far back as I can remember. He's always been growing tomatoes in the backyard. And if anybody, if you garden at all or if you grow tomatoes, you know there's what's called a tomato cage, right? And you put that in for the tomato to, to help it grow. The cage provides the structure that some tomatoes need to thrive. Without the, uh, without the 
a tomato cage, they can be more vulnerable to pests, and the stems can snap under the weight of the fruit. And so the structure of the tomato cage actually helps the plant to grow and to thrive. And so a lot of times when we come to God in prayer, all right, let me pray, let me talk to God today, all right? We're like, again, we're standing in that living room and, and we're, we're so, we get distracted, our minds are unfocused, uh, God, and just, uh, you know, help me with this, and uh, Lord, you know, I got this thing coming up. And he just kind of lists some things coming up, our minds wander, we, we lack the words to express so we just awkwardly move around. Maybe we come up with a Christian phrase or something. And then you walk away from your prayer time. You say, well, I, I don't feel any closer to God. I don't know if it worked. You know, was that enough time? I mean, I guess it was like 15, 20 minutes. But I, I don't know if anything even was accomplished. Like, and so Jesus, don't babble on and on. Don't babble on and on. This is a way to structure our prayer. Like a tomato cage, right? It helps us to grow. It's an effective strategy to keep our minds focused in prayer. And ACTS acts, each letter stands for a different part of the prayer. And so I just put it on the screen. A is adoration or just worship. C is confession. T is thanksgiving. And S is supplication or request. I know we, this is not really a word we use, but just help me remember. This, this stuck in my brain many years ago, and I've never forgotten it. A-C-T-S, adoration or worship, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication or requests. And so structuring your prayer time this way, it's going to help you to come back as your mind begins to wander in prayer, as you're like, God, oh, you know, you're talking to God, then you're thinking about your kids, you're thinking about something coming up, or you're kind of hungry right now. Like, oh, okay, Wait, where was I? AC, oh, I was on T, ACT, thank you, God. And you, it brings you back in your time with God. It's about connecting, right, and being filled with God's presence. And if you notice, if you talk to God in this model, you don't approach God as a genie to grant your requests or as a vending machine. Three-fourths of this prayer is all about God and who God is. And only one-fourth of the time are you spending on yourself and saying, okay, God, this is what I need. And so this is the model at the end of service. This is how I want us to pray at the end today. So I want you to just prepare your hearts this morning as a way to connect to God. I'll kind of walk us through that. And so this is a model I hope that's helpful for you. You, you know, you could, all these models, we can go way deeper in this, but I hope it's practical for you today. Again, this has been very helpful for me. Uh, and so, uh, so the Acts prayer model is one way to pray. Here's another way to pray that Jesus himself instructs us. It's called the Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer. And I know many of you know this. Many of you are familiar with it. And here's why I bring this up. Uh, you know, well, first let me tell a story uh, talking about being in college, you know, with my friends, those same guys in the picture there. So something I did in college, we called it uh, gricing. And I don't know if that's a real word. I, we may have just made it up or invented it. I don't know. But what we did was anytime it rained really hard at, at school, we'd put on all our junk clothes. We'd go outside and we'd find down these hills and slide down grassy hills in the rain. It's just what we did. We're like, yeah, we're going grising. Let's go. Tonight's the night. And like uh, my friend would bring his GoPro. He'd record it and he edited. it. He made some videos of like, you know, it's like this wild thing we do. We're just, you know, it seems really cool. But, you know, anytime it was, if it didn't rain hard enough and the hills weren't, you really couldn't slide, it would kind of like devolve into, uh, 
just like puddle jumping. Woo! <laughs> we're like, yeah, and we got the GoPro. Dude, check this out. And we just jump into a puddle. <laughs> and, and we're like, what are we doing? <laughs> like, this is stupid, you know. And so sometimes when it comes to prayer, that's what our prayers can be like. C.S. Lewis, he says, our prayers can be like wide and shallow puddles. Uh, Lord, uh, I need your help with something. I uh, just, you know, I got this test coming up. And, uh, oh, yeah, this other thing, uh, my car, I, I don't know if I'm going to need a one, new one soon, so just help me with this. And, oh, yeah, I think I forgot. I was going to bring up my sister last week. She has a problem, and, like, you can help her. And we're just kind of, like, all over. And I don't know about you, sometimes when I ask God for, for help or something, that's kind of the only way I know how to phrase it. God, just can you help me and uh, help me some more and, and, you know, just help that person. They, they really need help, God. And, and so we... we we're missing that spiritual depth that, that we crave in our prayer time. And so the Lord's Prayer is a really great way to go deeper in, in our vocabulary, to go deeper in praying God's will in our lives and in the lives of other people. You know, um, we're a Pentecostal church. We're an evangelical church. I'll talk about that in a second. So we really like spontaneous prayer, praying from your heart. And that's what Pastor Bonnie did early. That's what we do on Sundays. We pray, you know, from the heart. But we don't want to forget the way Jesus actually instructed us to as well. And that's the Lord's Prayer. And the Lord's Prayer, again, it can be monotonous. But this is supposed to be a framework to help guide our prayer. So let's do this. I've got it on the screen. Let's say it. You know, I think a lot of people, you know it already. If you know it, you could say it along with me. We're just going to walk through it. Jesus says, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Using the Lord's Prayer as a way to help us, again, to stay focused, the structured prayer Jesus gives us. Now, remember, right before this, he says, don't, you know, repeat it meaninglessly on and on, right? So one way to pray is pray the Lord's Prayer and then pray it again Pray it again using your own words. And think about a situation that you're dealing with or a loved one. Pray for that person or that situation in light of the Lord's Prayer. Pray for that person, but say it with the vocabulary of the Lord's Prayer. And see what happens. See how you're going to find that you actually start to go deeper in knowing what to pray and how to pray for that person. It's pretty incredible. And so I hope it's a way that you can advance in your walk with God. I believe these words of Jesus contain the divine power and the spiritual depth that we crave from God. So those are two ways to pray. Let me give you two more really quick. Because I want us to have a chance to pray together. So the Acts prayer model, the Lord's prayer. The other one is this. The third one is silence or solitude. Silence or solitude. And a lot of times in prayer, we feel like we have to feel, fill the silence, right? If, if nobody's praying, if, if nobody's talking, I'm wasting time, right? Why would you call somebody on the phone to just sit there and, and not say a word and they don't say anything to you? And isn't that a waste of time? That's a waste of your time, my time. 
And so we can feel that way. If I'm not saying anything and, I don't know, I'm not really downloading anything from God, I'm just wasting time. Maybe we try to be more effective with our words. We try to drum up some emotion, try to convince God to move. But Jesus said, God already knows your needs. We, and we sang that as well. And good, good father, you, you know what we need already. Yet God still says, come to me in prayer. You see this verse, Ecclesiastes 5, 2. It says, don't be hasty in word or impulsive in thought to bring up a matter in the presence of God. For God is in heaven and you are on earth. Therefore, let your words be few. And so in silence and in solitude, you can present your request to God because we're supposed to. Hey, tell God what you need. He wants you to come to him. But then he knows what you need. He knows the situation. So you can give it to him and maybe be silent in his presence. Grow in sensing his presence, being aware of his presence. I love this quote, this quote by Sky Jatani. He's an author and a pastor. He says, prayer is primarily about relating to God even when words are not used. When you pray in silence or solitude, maybe you have a few minutes, maybe you've got 20 minutes you spend in prayer and you just kind of pepper some time in there with some prayer requests and some thanksgiving and that's really it, but that's not a waste of time. If you've connected with God, and your spirit has been filled with God's spirit, you haven't wasted any time. You haven't wasted any time. So three ways to pray. We gave you three. Let me give you one more. We said the Acts prayer model, Lord's prayer, being silent, and the last one says being led by the spirit. And I know I'm kind of hitting a lot of stuff here, so I'll just kind of move through this, and, and we'll, get, we'll, we'll, we'll have a chance to connect with God. But if you want to advance with God, another practical way is to be led by the spirit in prayer. I gave you some prayer structures Okay, pray this way, right? But another one is allow the Holy Spirit to lead you in prayer. How should I pray? And I do mean this in two different ways. I'll just tell you, you know, we are, we're a Pentecostal church, so we believe what the Bible teaches about being baptized in the Holy Spirit, the evidence of speaking in tongues, that's available for everybody. Not everybody maybe, uh, you know, gets to experience that, but we believe it is available for everybody. Every, any Christian can experience that. And, uh, you know, when you read 1 Corinthians 14, uh, 12, 13, and 14, Paul gives a lot of instructions about speaking in tongues in church. And he says, hey, don't blab on, don't be ridiculous, don't be obnoxious. It shouldn't be everybody losing their minds. He says that's confusing. That's out of control. God is not a God of confusion. He's a God of peace. That's the instruction that Paul gives in 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14 about uh, the gift of tongues. But all throughout that passage, especially chapter 14, Paul talks about how he personally prays in tongues. So one way we could word it is, is like your personal prayer language. You see that in Paul's life, and you see that in Ephesians chapter 6. He talks about having the armor of God, and then the very next verse, he says, Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. And so if you want to advance in your walk with God, if you want to advance in your prayer life, I'm just being honest that I would encourage you to try this, to try to be led by God's Spirit, to pray in the Spirit, to pray in your personal prayer language by yourself, right? Not loudly for all to hear. That's what Jesus was criticizing. No, no, no. In, by yourself in your room, talking to God. And I've heard it described uh, like the shower. When you turn on the shower, the water's cold at first, right? You got to give it a minute and then it kind of warms up. 
So if maybe you've never tried this or it's been awkward for you, I could totally understand that. Maybe just try that. Try to pray in, in the Spirit and then pray in English and pray in the Spirit again, pray in English. See what may come to mind. I, I really believe that this is a way that your spirit will connect with God's spirit if you, if you put this into practice. But also, too, when we say being led by the Spirit, you know, just allowing the Holy Spirit to inform your prayer. God, what should I pray? How should I pray about this situation? Romans 8.26, it says that the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, when we don't know what to pray for, the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts and knows what the Spirit is saying, for the Spirit pleads with us believers in harmony with God's own will. And so I think this passage, you know, I do think that it is referring to, you know, what we were just talking about, tongues and things like that. But it's obviously beyond that. It's saying that the Holy Spirit knows what the mind of God is, what the will of God is. So when you go to pray, say, God, how do you want me to pray for this? Lord, what should I say? How should I pray? Allow the Holy Spirit to lead your prayer and see, again, what comes to mind. See how much you begin to connect with God and to be filled with God. And so those are four different ways to pray. I have this last quote, Pastor Ranja David. He says, the purpose of prayer is not primarily to get things from God, but to align our hearts, purposes, and desires according to God's will. So, Pastor Bonnie, you can come and give us a little music behind us. We said, how do I advance in my prayer life and my walk with God? If you've felt like it's a little bit awkward, you're standing in that living room in Kearney, you're wondering, is there any more warmth? Is there anything good to eat around here? I'm glad I'm part of God's family, but I just wish I could get a little deeper, get to connect with God. That's what we said. Prayer is about connecting versus simply communicating. It's connecting with God, which of course involves communication. We talked about it's being filled with God's presence, not just being emptied, not just being uh, loaded with guilt. God, I'm sorry. God, I, I, I'm the worst, Lord. Like, no, you, you, you empty yourself, but then you're filled with God's presence. And so knowing that, four different ways to pray is the Acts prayer model, the Lord's prayer, silence, and being led by God's spirit as he leads you to pray. And so I want to invite you to stand to your feet this morning as we uh, begin to spend a few minutes together in prayer. I want to let you know, in keeping with this series, uh, keeping it practical, we've wanted to put some tools in your hand. Again, today was a little more teaching. I just gave you four different ways you can pray. As you walk out today, you'll see a table with a bunch of uh, devotionals. This is 21 days on prayer. There are 21 different ways to pray. And that's exactly what this is supposed to be, a prayer spark. It's supposed to spark your prayer time. It'll probably take you 30 seconds to read an entry. But the idea is for you to begin to pray on your own. This is something that, uh, that I wrote. I wrote this for our church. I felt very impressed by God to do this. And so we wanted to make it available for you. So please just on your way out before you leave, make sure you grab one. We have plenty. So just now you know that before you get out of here, let's begin to pray. And I want to put into practice this Acts prayer model, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. What's so great about church is that you don't have to just say, well, when am I going to do this? When am I going to fit it into my schedule this week? We have an opportunity right now to begin 
to connect with God. And so let's bow our heads. Let's begin to focus on God. If you would like, you can come up front because we're going to take a couple of minutes today. We'll go through these. Let's give a couple minutes to each of these categories. It's going to help us to stay focused. It's going to help us to pray. If you want to kneel at your chair, you can do that too. Let's make ourselves uh, in a position, in a place where we can focus a little bit more on connecting with God and being filled with God this morning. The worship team's gonna play behind us and they're not gonna sing a song right away because we want to pray. We want to be the ones that, that speak to God this morning. And so begin to worship God right now with adoration. We just sang some worship songs. Adore him for who he is. Talk about how great God is. Begin to use your own words. You can pray out loud. Think of a worship song that you like. Think of a Bible verse that talks about God. He's the creator and the sustainer of the universe. He created you. He knitted you. He formed you together in your mother's womb. He knows every single hair on your head. Wow, God, you are great. Your ways are far beyond our ways, Lord. You are holy. You are mighty. Use your own words now to worship God for the next few moments.